It's the Bob McCowan Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today, as usual with uh, John Shannon. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Hoops uh, today. Yeah. Game one of the NBA final last night wasn't really much of a game. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout completely, but it, it was close to a blowout. And I think we what we saw was a Denver team that was in control just about the whole game. Don't you agree? I do. They, you know, they did have a, a few um, brain farts that started the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter. And Miami's a team that uh, if they get on a a, a a shooting rage, then they can get back into the game. But their shooting last night was absolutely horrific. Uh, when you think that they had almost 43 point shots and only made 13 of them. So from, from that perspective, Denver, uh, Denver kind of toyed with them, you know. Yeah, Let so. them come back into I the think game. They, I then... think they beat them. They just beat them by as much well, as they had to. They had, and they had the two best players on the court, by far. By far, I mean, there was there was nobody in in uh, in the Miami lineup that was anywhere near as good as Murray or Jokic. Nope. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the, last night's playoff game and the series itself. Also, a bit about the Raptors and their coaching search. Paul Jones and Doug Smith, two of our hoopsters, will join us, and we'll bring them in uh, right after this message. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600. Or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Not much of the basketball season left right now. We've uh, probably got three or four games. At least that's my anticipation. Well, at least three. Well, at least three. <laughs> but I'm not sure it's going to be more than that, or it won't be many more than that. I think I think Denver, well, we'll talk about that, but I think Denver's uh, en route to a, a championship. Their first, I guess. Um, we'll talk about that. Paul Jones, Doug Smith are with us. And uh, the other thing is the Raptors still looking for a head coach. Um, and we'll see if that comes to fruition <laughs> over the next few days. Bobcat, you said that like Michael Buffer and still champion of the world and still looking for a coach. Well, you know, how long does, how long does it really take? You know, I mean, I, 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 I gather he's, he, the, the word is he's interviewed everyone. I'm surprised he hasn't called me. They went, through very, they went through a very Shannon, extensive list. But Shannon, how was your interview? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I kept telling them I'd love to play the four corners, and it didn't really go over that well. <laughs> Smitty, how was your interview? <laughs> I wouldn't take the job because I wouldn't want to deal with guys like me every day. <laughs> 
I can understand that. But it is about the right timeline. We all we always thought the first week of June or so would be the time they would hire a coach, and I, I presume it's going to be done by the middle of next week at the very latest. And do you want to give me a name or two or three that uh, you think is in the in the in the mix? Because I have no idea at this point. I would love to, and I I presume in the mix. And this is not a. I think there are probably four guys left in the mix. I think three of them are Steve Nash, Sergio Scariolo, and Jordy Fernandez. Who the fourth is, I don't know. And I'm not I'm not a thousand percent sure on the first three, but I'm yeah nine hundred ninety percent sure on them. But well, I don't know. It, they fell really close to the vest. It, it's interesting because I, I still maintain that who you hire will dictate some of your path. And maybe that's what they're trying to figure out now. Is this a team that we can kind of retool a little, get the right guy in, and we're a top three or four? Or how much work do we need? Should we get a guy who's going to focus more on development, help us build? I mean, you saw what the Pistons did. Monty, Monty Williams, like six years, 72. The first report was 78. I think the last report I saw was 72. But they intend on having that guy for a while. They've said to these young guys, don't come and say to us anything about the coach. This guy's mm. here for six years. So, you know, I don't know if the Raptors will give a six-year contract to a guy, but I, I still think some of what they're hashing out with winning and developing and the combination of both is going to impact the hire. Yeah, but Monty Williams was already owed $20 million from Phoenix. He could have sat on the sidelines for three years and, and just uh, cashed in tickets. And yeah, so I, they, they, needed, they needed to do something to sweeten the pot much deeper than what Phoenix was already paying him, right, Doug? Yeah, they, they needed to go that deep to get a guy like Williams to coach that team because that's not a very good team, and it won't be for a few years. And I don't know that – Monty's a great coach. He had great success in Phoenix. I like – well-respected around the league, but I would be surprised if he spends a sixth season in Detroit. But I think they had to give him six years and 75 or whatever million dollars to get his name on a contract. Well, I'll tell you, you know, as as I look at the Raptors head coaching situation, you know, Steve Nash is in the mix. And Nash I is a... Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it's a he's a very interesting guy. You know, forget that he's Canadian. If you look at his record as a head coach, it's pretty decent. And yet my sense is that he doesn't have the respect of the basketball community as a coach. What do you think? I think the basketball community knows what kind of cesspool Brooklyn was, and he does have their respect. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the basketball people know that the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden team was just not workable. It was not workable at any level. And that he was let go during that tenure there. I don't think surprised anybody in basketball. And I think a lot of people in basketball were saying, wow, thank God he got out of there. He's a good coach. To agree with Doug, you know, there are very few coaches that are, that are good with quirky personalities and situations like there, you get into a situation like that and you're pulling your hair out. And I thought Steve remained like other than like, is there anybody, a, a George Carl, but, but he remained calm and still got wins out of them. I mean, Durant was in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, Kyrie played when he wanted. Uh, you know, James Harden was there, thought he would sacrifice for the team. Then he said, okay, I'm done here, and he wanted out. And through it all, Steve just kind of, like he did as a point guard when he played, just kind of keep keep the car on the road and keep it going in the right direction. And 
unfortunately, he got sacrificed. But I think the basketball community will look at that situation and go, wow, first-year head coach in that situation, and he comes out with a winning record, and he's basically fired so the GM can kind of save his own skin. How do you explain, though, the relationship or the lack of one or whatever story it is between he and Kevin Durant? I mean, because that, that was a strange few episodes, whether I didn't like the coach, I want the coach out, or I'm not going to – I mean, how do you explain that, Doug? I think Kevin Durant felt bigger loyalty to Kyrie Irving than Steve Nash, and he was proved wrong in the end. I think for the Durant is a – he's always been a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy. And I think in Brooklyn, he got so tied to Kyrie that he had to be seen on Kyrie's side. I think at the end, he realized, boy, I screwed up. I picked the wrong horse in this race. But during that time, he needed to be that kind of teammate to the guy he went there with. Yeah, I agree. And Go ahead, Joe. No, I agree. And, and I thought the, the capper to that, Doug, is when it all fell apart and he said, what, a week before the trade deadline, I'm out of here. And here's where I want to go. Like, to me, that was the, the cherry on top with, okay, this is not working. Cards were misplayed. Um, let's, I, I want a new hand. I'm, I'm going to a new table to play cards. And, mm. and they got him out of there and got him to Phoenix. You know, the story of, of great players being great coaches, the list is pretty short. I think, Doug, the last time you were on, we talked about yeah. one guy, Larry Bird. Yeah, um, did a good job. I think Isaiah did a pretty good job for a little while. Uh, pretty good, not great. But Larry Bird did a very good job. Magic right. Johnson was horrible. So, so the cha- the challenge for Steve Nash in this market, I mean, let's face it, he's a hero here. But are we go- are, are, are we going to be swayed by having a Canadian hero as the coach of the Raptors? I don't. We weren't. The fans weren't swayed when they had another Canadian basketball hero as a coach of the Raptors. Rihanna. Yeah, but Jay, but Jay, Jay respect, respectfully, you know, Jay was here. Steve's way up here. Oh, yeah, he's a two-time NBA MVP and a Hall of Famer. But, yeah, he's absolutely I, – I don't know that – I'm not sure how that will play into it. I really – I think it'll be an interesting story for the first couple of days, first couple of weeks, but then it becomes how can you make this team better? Mm-hmm. And what's the team like? Like how – we don't know what – we have no clue what the roster is going to look like in September. And I think that's going to be the story is can he make whatever's on the team good enough to be competitive? Well, you have to you have to think that his strength would be, you know, as a point guard, because that's what he was, and that he would be, you know, he'd coach that way. He doesn't even have a point guard, really. I mean, he has Van Vliet, and we think Van Vliet probably will stay, don't you, Jones? You yes. think he he stays? I, I mean, if if you're if you're looking at money and where he can get the most money, that that makes the most sense. Yes. So if if they want him, they could have him. Is what you're saying. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 right. yeah. Here, here's here's my thing though, Bobcat, and and you make a good point about Steve being a point guard and and coaching like that. Listen, we we know in this present day and age in coaching, whether it's at the high school level, the AAU level, you know, the the college university level, it's about people. It's about how you manage people. I mean, you just look at the transfer portal in the U.S. Hey, kids are. I mean, kids. Oh, I don't like it here. The coach isn't treating me right. 
I'm gone. I'm out of here. There's all people don't no, even I get recruit it. anymore. And and so you need those relationships. And I think Steve is really good at that. He was an excellent teammate. He was an awesome teammate. And I think that's something that would carry over into his coaching around, you know, team building and culture building and 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 you know those issues to to create a cohesive team. Now, well, the, so- the other the, the other guys are pretty interesting too. And I think I know we're focusing on Nash because his name's on the list and he's Canadian and he's Steve Nash, but guy like Sergio Scariolo is a pretty interesting guy who's had, you know, he's one of the most successful international coaches in the history of the game. I think so if you get a guy like that, how does he fit in where the roster is going, where the franchise is going? Uh, a not guy, non-North American coming to be a head coach, or first one ever it will be. Yeah. And the same thing with Jordy Fernandez in Sacramento, who's a really well-respected coach who's worked for a lot of great coaches. So the list is very impressive if those are the three. And again, Mazzai and Bobby have kept everything quiet. Agents have kept stuff, kept stuff quiet. It's been awful secretive. But if those are the three choices, I don't think there's a wrong one in the bunch. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. Um, we know that teaching is a part of college basketball. It's definitely a part of um, high school basketball. Is it a part of the NBA? Yes. Does your and coach... It, and- have to teach. Yes. Yes. No, your coach yes. your coach doesn't have to teach. Your coach has to hire coaches to teach. Well, so, whatever. Yeah. 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 But your he's got to be the staff guy. Has to teach, your coaching staff. Your coach has to say to the developmental guys, I need this guy to be able to do this. And then they go and teach him. And if you got good developmental guys, that's how players become better. They're taught what the head coach wants them to learn and they become proficient at it. Yeah, agree. Coach, coach has to be, coach has to be, and and has to be a teacher in strategic situations too, Bob, and yeah. and and John, and explaining, you know, players will bristle at stuff. Uh, Dwayne Casey used to say, "There's two groups of people you can't fool because they see right through you: kids and NBA players." And your and your coach has to be able to, in strategic situations, have be able to uh, have a rationale and and have them go along with it and then teach them about it and why we're doing it. Like when, when Nick came in, I'm sure people, guys looked at like, we're going to play box and one. We're going to play a high school defense in the NBA. And all of a sudden it works. He explains it, how it yeah. works, why, why to do. And now, Hey, I can't turn on an NBA game on any night in the regular season and not see a box and one and a triangle and two. Mm. When four years ago, people looked at that as a gimmick. Yeah. So you talked about Nick, and obviously Nick in Philadelphia. Why? Adrian Griffin got hired in Milwaukee. Why wasn't Adrian Griffin in this finalist, or was he? And did he get a better offer? I, I, I mean, think. So. Well, or was he too close to Nick? Well, I know the Raptors talked to him in the start of the process. I think the Raptors, and I've said this all along, needed a clean break. And, and I know Griff and, and, and Nick are two different guys, and they, but they were together for five years. And, and there might be a little bit too much of Nick and Adrian, and the Raptors didn't want that, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, you know, Griff's a great guy, going to be a great coach. I'm glad he got a, finally got a head coaching job after falling short about four other times. But I think in Toronto, they needed a break. And they have. They, they, have, they, have, no, they have no coaches on staff. All of the assistants. They had ten assistant coaches. Ten. They're all. They got gone. two guys left. They got. They got Jim two guys Son and Rico Hines are their workout. Yeah. Our workout guys yeah. and members of the nine hundred five staff. So they needed yeah. to clean the slate. And Griff apparently, obviously, got caught up in it. But I'm glad he landed in the, in the NBA as a head coach. Uh, I'm I'm glad he got a good job too. I mean, sometimes 
first-time coaches get uh, bad jobs or tough places to win, they get a few years, and then they get swept out. And and it happens a lot, particularly with black assistants. And so I'm, I'm happy for Griff. I'm happy he's got a good job. And listen, don't discount Milwaukee because we all know that um, when a team is successful, other organizations go picking at, hey, let's get a guy from Toronto because they've been successful. We want to know what Nick Nurse thinks. Let's get one of his assistants. You know, uh, you know Milwaukee, everybody – Chris Quinn was a name on the list at one time, Doug, right? Why? Yeah. Because Miami, heat culture. Hey, let's see what Eric Spolster does. Let's bring some of that here. So good for Griff for, for you know, landing on his feet in Milwaukee. And uh, he's going to have a good team moving forward. And I'm, I'm happy for him. Let me ask one more question on this topic. You know, we are all of an age where we can remember Steve Nash, the player. And it's, we aren't, I don't think we're overemphasizing his greatness. He was what, Doug, a two-time NBA player of the year? Yep, two-time MVP and a Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty damn good. He was a great, great player. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Um, do you think that this era of basketball players knows how good he was? Do they have that knowledge base, number one? And number two, do they respect it? I think they do because of the way he played. Like He was part of the, of the group in Phoenix that revolutionized the game. Change the way basketball is basically the seven played. second guys, right? Seven seconds or less right. guys. A lot of pick and roll. A, a lot of uh, you know, the, there's a move. The point guard dribbles around the screen, cuts along the baseline, still dribbling. That's called gnashing your guy. There's a there's a move in the NBA named after the guy. So yeah, players yeah. are going to absolutely know who he is, what he did, and will be hugely respectful of what his career was. But again, they're like Jonesy said, you can't fool them, and there it's a show me bunch of guys. But I think you could show them. The other one, the other name that was uh, out there early, Doug, that you had, was Becky Hammond, and was was her name was and I I say this respectfully, did they throw her name out there just to gauge the temperature if this town was ready for a, a female coach? I think they threw. Their, I know they had interest, and they talked to her agent. I think they went to look to see whether she would have interest, mm-hmm. and as it turns out, she did not. She's quite happy coaching Las Vegas Aces and is the coach of the year of the WNBA, won a championship. It's got a great ownership group behind her and one of the, like a dynasty kind of team shaping up there. I don't think she, I, they asked and I think she probably said, no, you know what? I'm cool. My guess is when she's ready to jump to the NBA, it'll be when Greg Popovich calls her and says, I'm done here. You've been in this organization. You know it. You, 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 you've been uh, very familiar with how it works. Uh, I'm stepping down. It's your turn. And I, that, to me, and I don't know, I don't have any, I haven't talked to any about that, anybody about that, but I just get that feeling that when Pop is eventually ready to hang it up and because of what he stands for and, and you know, his values, his beliefs, um, that's, that's the landing spot that, that I think she's going to, end up in when it's all said and done by the way when you have the first overall pick yeah uh and you and you can work with the, the kid for three or four years you're not hanging it up very soon no 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 no, yeah, no. Pop, pop's not pop's not going anywhere as long as Wemby's in a league <laughs> he's no seen that movie he's happening. seen that movie before right he's seen <laughs> that movie right. before with tim duncan and david robinson so no he's not going anywhere now yeah i don't i don't question that hammond is a great coach i, I think everybody acknowledges that my issue is Will NBA players do what she says? Yeah. Will yes. they follow her? Yes. 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 She she coached the summer league team, Bobcat. And I mean, you just, you, 
you go down early and you watch her working with players before the game and yeah. repositioning them and, hey, this ball's got to be here or the technical aspects, your arm has to be here on this shot. Uh, little things like you've got to take this contact. Like you sit there and you watch her, that's a coach. And I don't care what she looks like, that's a coach. But don't do you think do you think all players will will buy into that? Like all players don't buy all, into coaches uh, stuff anyway. They don't buy. Uh, they, like I said, if they don't believe it, mm-hmm. they're not going to buy in. So it doesn't matter if she's a man, a woman, whatever. Oh, you and, don't and think so, it matters? I think it matters I, a lot. I, I think it I, matters I mean, to I mean, NBA players I don't think, a lot. I don't think good. No, good NBA players won't give a rat's ass about it. They really won't. Yeah. And bad NBA players can go play for another bad team. That's right. Well, maybe they're the ones that don't don't listen, and they move from team to team. Yeah, just ask James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and that's a, I, that's a cheap shot because I actually like when Harden's on his game. I love watching James Harden play basketball. He's so much fun to watch. Where's he going to wind up this year? Houston. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are saying I don't think so. Uh, I think that's the only other spot. I don't think. I think he might redo a deal in in Philly for short term. Uh, yeah, so do I, I. I. I think so. I think so too because that's that's Nick can take advantage of his style of play. I mean, he may not play any defense, but at the offensive end, even though his skills are declining, uh, and he still he can still shoot the ball. He's still good in pick and rolls, and and you do have that guy Embiid. So I I, I think I think Philly would would be wise to try and bring him back. Well, I, I think, think he'll start. I think him. I think the relationship between him and Daryl Morey is important. It's a guy who's had him in Houston right. now in Philly. Um, and if you're talking about guys taking short-term deals till the big money comes in in 2025, why not redo your deal at two and one? Yeah, but you also at his age, don't you want to? You want to play for a team that's got a chance to win. Well, Houston ain't it, and Houston ain't it, but Philadelphia is. Yeah, and there's nobody else out there with money that is. So, yeah, I, I. I thought all along that he would probably get out of his deal and buy back into it because it's it's a good fit. And now with a new coach, I, I don't know how the Nick Harden Embiid triumvirate would work. I'm I'm fascinated to see if it will because it's a lot. Those are three very strong willed guys. Yes, I don't know. I don't know how that's. It's going to be fun to watch unfold. That's for sure. Yeah, but you but you'd have to think at this point that Nick Nurse. Uh, who you know has created a style and had and just plunked players into it can do the opposite has two strong-willed guys i mean if if you if you're a running coach if you're, you're in bat, in hot football if you're a guy that and you get hired with the best passing quarterback you're changing your philosophy you'd have oh, yeah. to think that nick's going to change his philosophy with guys like if harden's there and Embiid's there that you're going to have you're not going to be doing everything that you did in toronto Oh, for sure. I think Nick's very adaptable and very uh, willing to change. Like, you know, look at in Toronto when he had the team, the championship team was based around a very great seven foot passing big man. The team that won 48 games last year was a bunch of six, nine guys who ran around. It's, 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 they were entirely different styles, but he was able to coach both. And now that he's got a seven foot center, he's the MVP of the league. And whether or not he has Harden, Got Maxi. I don't know what else they got there, but I think he will adapt to the skills of the players that's on, that are on his roster. So first on the agenda for the Raptors is to figure out who their coach is, but then they got to figure out who their players are going to be for next year. Is do you see a significant change in the starting lineup for the Raptors next year? 
I do. I think you have to be, make one big change at least. Smitty? I don't. Um, in their starting lineup, I still think it's going to be Van Vliet, Barnes, and an OBC Ackham Pirtle. After that, I think you're going to see significant change. Oh, well, the bench, the bench, they can throw the bench all out and, and bring seven new guys in. Well, you'd you like know. to think so, but you got to find seven guys that can play. I understand. Yeah. Well, have you got seven guys that can play now on the bench? No, you got probably three. You get, yeah, uh, I was going to say, there are some guys on the bench that... Uh, Achua look, still got game. Achua had a tough year. He really did. Um, and and what I think what hurt him was he his confidence took a hit at one point. Uh, but that, that I you know, coming off the year he had two years ago, that kid has ability. And it's too bad he got hurt. And then... I, I look at uh, I look at what Boucher gives you from an energy standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, agree. I, don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can go without that. So there's, you know, if there's no changes, there's a seven man rotation that you can work with right there. But do you, but th- you, do still, you think you still can't shoot? You still can't shoot. And you still got no backcourt. Right? No, and that's where the back end has to change. That's where the back end has to change. Where you need you need guys who can come in, and they don't have to be great. They have in in the present day and age of the NBA of drive, kick, swing, move the ball. They need to be able to make shots. Like I mean, I look at Game One with Miami and Denver. Max Struess, who like made every shot up until Game One, was missing open corner threes. I don't know what that was, but you got to be able to shoot. And if you have guys eight, nine on your bench that are able just to space the floor and make enough shots. Then all of a sudden, it makes your first five or six that much more effective. Do you not think, Jones, that they make a change to the starting five? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I, I, should I, they? And the, in your philosoph- opinion, philosophically, for me, no, I wouldn't. I'd stay with it and see what the new guy does with it before I look at maybe December, January, closer to the trade deadline. See who develops. It's it's all personal philosophy for me. Like people talk about, oh, trade OG Ananobi. Hold on a second. Here's a guy who's second team all defense, can we, shoot we, the ball. Yeah, we don't we don't doubt that he has skill. But you we what we also believe is you could get something for him. But you're and, looking for what are you looking for? You're looking for a guy like that. You got one. Why are you yeah, trading him? You're also looking for somebody who can shoot. But don't hey, listen. Well, one, of the key th- one of the key things for me in all this is that uh, this team is was terribly different, and I think much better once Pirtle showed up. Yes, and 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 well, don't you think yeah. you have? Don't you need to start the season with Pirtle in that position, and I, and then figure out what's going on, and then the hope has to be that the new coach will find a way to get Scotty Barnes back to being Scotty Barnes. So all of a sudden, with uh, is that not fair, Doug? It's absolutely fair, and I don't know what Scotty Barnes is. And we sat here, I sat on here with with Bob and Howard Beck maybe a year ago talking about Scotty Barnes. And at that point, I said, I don't know what he is. Is he Lamar Odom or is he a a every-year all-star? I don't think anybody knows today. No one knew after his rookie year, and no one knows today. So, so, well, let me ask you this question then. With with the enigma that is Scotty Barnes, do you move him? No. No, I, I wouldn't for two reasons. One, I think he's going to be a really good player for a very long time. Two, his salary is such that you can't get anything good back for him. And that ham- that hampers trades. I, I'm not trading that kid until I see. Listen, you know, Glenn Grunwald lamented the fact that Tracy McGrady was just starting to come into his own under Butch, 
and when th- there was a there was a you know a clear role definition with him and Vince, and he felt that things weren't going right for Tracy, but he didn't have the right to match the contract, and Tracy left, and immediately went to Orlando and Houston and everywhere else and became an all star. To me, in my eyes, I see Scotty Barnes as a potential long term all star. And I last don't. year was a tough. I do, Bob. And last year was a tough year because. It's like that baseball pitcher. Everybody knows what he throws, and the second time through the lineup, guys are onto it. Yeah, just and ask Alex now, Manoa. Well, and and exactly. And now it's time for Scotty to add other things to his game. And to John's point, I want the training camp with those five guys with a new coach to establish something and see where it goes. And I think Scotty's a huge part of that. So. Yeah. I, it's just me, and that's my philosophy. And if they go another way, that's great. I can see it. I understand it, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think the the wild card. We haven't spoken about it here, but we have in the past. Is do they look to move Siakam? That's the question. I I don't know. He's that not the guy I would move. He's not the first guy I'd look at. Who would you move first? I think I'd move Barnes no, or Ananobi. But and Barnes makes so little money, you can't get any value back. That that I understand. I'll tell you what I don't like about Barnes. I don't like a guy who had a great first year, but seemed like he sat on his duff his second year. Didn't I don't think he works hard. I don't think he's got a, a the right mentality to be a star player. You don't player. think he's been told that by now, Bob? I guarantee you I, they have told He may very well other. have, and I'll oh, told oh, yeah. a lot of other players. But there's no evidence that this guy puts in, you know, He's not going to put in Kobe kind of work. No way. Kobe Bryant became a great player because Kobe Bryant practiced all the time. He worked on his game. Now, I understand he's he's one guy out of a thousand. Nonetheless, I, Barnes isn't that kind of player. I think Barnes, I think Barnes, needs, Barnes to put in, is, needs to put in Siakam level work. Well, I think Siakam's worked the hard. and level work. Yeah. 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 And yeah. maybe he does. He didn't in his first summer. That's a well-documented fact that I've been writing about since November. He did not spend last summer becoming a better basketball player. Right. Will he spend this summer becoming a better basketball player? I don't know. There's no suggestion that he will, but there's no suggestion that he won't because the the yeah. the, the, the the baseline is too short. You don't well, know. if you if you look at if you look at the way his year went, uh, and if he wants to be good and he wants to make his money and he wants to have. There's a difference between drafted and, and, you know, basically a year or two and then having a career. He's going to put the time in. And and like John Well, like so you said, say. Well, you think so. No, you don't people, know that. You, I don't know that, but people have been in his ear. And if he doesn't put the time in, then he's not long. So what do you want, kid? I mean, they did the same thing with Kyle Lowry. Let's face it. They did the same thing with Kyle. What do you want to be? You can make a whole bunch of money and, and we see a potential champion in you, or you can be this guy that is just an average guy. Well, you make the decision. Lowry made that decision. I think Scotty's at the same point. And if if you're a, if you if you're a guy that loves the game, and not just the lifestyle and everything around it, and right. see everything that could be in front of you coming down, then you get it. You get back in the gym and you get after it. This but is why this is where you say crummy year this year because he got too much given to him, Bob. Well, yeah, he but thought he, he didn't, admit, but, he didn't but that, take anything. We, for, we, for, we forget how young these guys are. We forget that when the world gets delivered to you, you know, these guys are still human. 
At some point in time, that's not true, John. No, at some point but in they time, are human. Yeah, they are human. Bob. The Raptors said to him, you have got to work harder in order to be a better player, to be a good, to not even be a better player, to be a good player, because he was not a good player this year. Oh, he's a, he was a good player. He wasn't a great player. But uh, I, the thing, the thing I dispute is, that. We just forget is, how young these guys are at times, and and, absolutely, and, and, John. and the roller coaster of life that these guys right. get faced with. When they get when they get handed everything on a platter all the time, they think they're on the gravy train forever. So am I supposed to wait for him then? Wait yeah, for him. To, well, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm not waiting. Well, sorry, but you're not getting much back for him then. Had, I understand. Here's, here's the thing with Barnes: he had one really good year and one not very good year. What are you going to get in the third? You don't know. No, I don't. But if you get really good again, then you got a gem. The thing I think, is, I, I think that's about, doubtful. That's optimistic Barnes, thinking. Well, it's it's fifty fifty, crappy year, good year. What's next? Crappy or good? Well, and, no, and, and, we've and had one of each. But that's not based on his skill set. It's based on his desire. Do we not agree to that? I'm, yeah, I'm, but he's twenty years old, Bob. Twenty one right. years old. So you know, what? I think the other thing that no, people, I think, there's a maturity level that you need to go through. You, you, I mean, listen. I, again, I, I call his name. I just did a little while ago. Butch talked about Tracy and Vince having, as young players who had everything handed to them, having something so bad happen to them that they would say, "That's it. That's never going to happen again." And I'm going to work my butt off. Is that is that the kind of year Scotty's had? I don't know. But at the same time. He knows it wasn't the year that people wanted him to have. He didn't meet expectations. And uh, like you, uh, to me, you got to have faith in the kid that he's going to say, hey, man, I need to get after this. I need to. And you don't get better during the year. You get better in the summer. That's the time when the players are made. That's the theoretical. I think you can get no, better during true. the year. No, you and, can't. And, and, and I didn't see any improvement. They don't practice. The they year. don't practice. How well, can you get better when whatever. you don't practice? The other thing about Barnes that I think people might have missed a lot is that the league figured him out. Yes. But stuff he was able to do as a rookie where no one really knew what he was, you give NBA guys four games for the tape to look at a guy, they're going to take his three best things away from him. Okay. And they did. So they now did. he's got to find new things. A hundred percent. He found things between his college year and his rookie year. He didn't find things between his first and his second year. Will he find things between his second and his third? We don't yeah. know. And has he learned to listen again? That's part and, of the key thing. And will a new voice help him? Correct. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Uh, we got to take a break. We're uh, more than halfway done. Jones and Smith are with us. We'll be back in a moment. We all know how to use the internet, but most of us don't know how the internet uses us. So instead of figuring out how I can protect myself from the unknown that is the World Wide Web, I just got NordVPN to do it for me. First and foremost, what's a VPN? It stands for Virtual Private Network. Pretty much a VPN creates a secure connection from your device to your network. And NordVPN does it the best. It took me literally the click of one button to connect to their security package. And now all six of my devices are protected from malware, web tracking, intrusive ads, and infected files. Also, it has access to over 6,000 servers across the world, which means if a TV show or movie doesn't stream in your country, you can just switch to a country server where it does. Get four extra months and a 30-day money-back guarantee when you buy NordVPN by heading to nordvpn.com slash bobcast. Go to nordvpn.com slash bobcast for four extra months on your security package. We have spent a fair bit of time talking about Raptors coaching and then a few of the players as well. You've traded the whole roster, so that's okay. Well, I don't <laughs> think this was a very good team last year. 
I can't. And I don't. Another, I don't have I can't optimism. Go through another rebuilding year. I can't go through another rebuilding five years. Well, I appreciate. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so you go to the bar and watch the games on television. I already got no. Hold on. I go to the bar. And I, I don't. When I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm not watching from my house. Oh. <laughs> when the number one writer says you can't go through another rebuild, that's a story. We've got to train another coach. Oh. Know, we gotta break <laughs> another one in, eh, Doug? It's oh, my 10th oh, coach. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's why I let's, talk a little, let's talk a little bit about the NBA final. I don't know how much there is to talk about because I think this thing is going to be over in a real hurry. I thought that before it started, and I, 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 I have no reason based on game one to think any differently. Uh, Denver really? is by miles the better team here. Are they not? Oh, they're, 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 they are. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're bigger. They're bigger. They're deeper. They're they're better both ends of the floor, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I thought Denver was going to win this in five, and now I can certainly see it going four. I do too. I, I I thought Boston had a chance. Boston could have beaten Denver. I didn't think Miami could, and it's one of those where. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens in game two because Michael Malone has done an excellent job. People talk about Jokic and all he does on offense and he's brilliant. He he's, I mean, he's going to, he might go down as one of the top five, 10 players ever on the offensive end. Couldn't be the, the MVP is, this year though. Oh my God. Uh, what a stupid I, vote. Well, I voted for Joel. It's a, it's a regular season <laughs> award, John. It is. I didn't think Jokic should have had, one of the MVPs before. So like that's neither here nor there, but Michael Malone is hiding him so well defensively. Miami kind of figured something out last night, but then when they got the shots with what they figured out, they couldn't make them like Struess is missing corner threes. Martin who made every shot in the conference final is missing shots. Robinson wasn't very good. Yeah. Unless Miami makes shots, their schemes and what they've figured out to try and counteract Denver. And then the other part of that too is Denver's so good offensively. I don't even really think you, he had a triple double yesterday and it, like it fell in his lap. Mm-hmm. He didn't take, he didn't take a shot till like the second quarter. Right. He had like nine or 10 assists at halftime. So um, I, I could see it. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens in game two game one. Both teams have a plan. One works. The other one doesn't. Game two, somebody adjusts, the losing team adjusts, and if it's not close in game two, this thing's over fast. And at every position on the floor, the Nuggets are bigger. Every position on the floor, they're bigger. And size matters. You looked at what Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter, what Aaron Gordon did in the first quarter last night was borderline abuse. He took those little 6'6 guys, Martin and Vincent and whoever else is out there, and he, he ate their lunch. And that's not, they're not going to grow between now and game two. So I, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the adjustments that he can make are, would be yes, to make more shots. But if it's going to be, I can see Denver winning 130, 128. If the Heat make every shot, Denver still might outscore them. The, the, the fascination for me last night was Miami got to the line twice. Twice. And it, was Al- and it was Alonzo Highsmith who wrote the, who shot the, it, shot the free throw. It wasn't, I mean, uh, it wasn't a guard. How how do how how in any NBA playoff game do you go to the line just twice? That to me you was don't. the most shocking stat. You don't. That's the record, right? For yeah. fewest free throws in a in a finals game. And one Miami 
relies on they're they're the lowest scoring team in the NBA in the regular season. And they were shooting jump shots last night. And like I said, you can't let Denver's main guys, particularly Jokic and and Jamal Murray, rest on defense without going at them. If you're going to stand out there and shoot jump shots, you've got nothing. Like it, it's it, it it can't work like that. It it just can't work like that. No, like Jimmy Butler is a, is a, you know he's a great player. We'll go into the Hall of Fame. It's having a great player. Yeah, we'll give you that. But he's a, yep. but he's a he's a two foot player. He gets in, he can get to the rim, but he gets mm-hmm. in the middle of the paint and he lands on two feet. And then you put a guy six eight stand in front of him, he can't get a shot off. It's what Boston did to him with Brown and Tatum. They just smothered him at the rim and and, and uh, Williams. If Jimmy Look, gets in should... the paint, they're going to swallow him up on this series too. So they got to take those series and they got to make them, and then they're going to lose one thirty four one thirty. So how do you how, surprised? How, how, no, but how that, do you defend Jokic? Paul, look, John, the blueprint was out there, and and it's interesting. I spoke with Tristan Thompson a couple days ago, and there was. A lament in Los Angeles that they didn't put Thompson in there earlier on Jokic, and and look, Toronto basically beat Denver twice this year. Take away the the referee shenanigans at the end of the game in Denver, okay. and they, there's the blueprint right there. They had Ananobi guarding him, uh, you know, six six seven six eight, uh, strong, and and kept him away from the basket. When they did double, they came with a, an, another bigger player who was Jokic's size in Pirtle. And in game four, the Lakers finally figured some of that out by putting Thompson on him and coming with Anthony Davis. The problem is, to Doug's point, Miami doesn't have that size. Bam is like an OG. like He's like Ananobi in that sense. But who do you come with next? Zeller? Well, you can't have Zeller on the floor offensively. So to be honest, John, they can't guard Jokic. If you double him before the below the free throw line – he throws the ball up in the air. Aaron Gordon gets up, goes up and gets it, and it's a dunk. So you're unless you have the right personnel, even then you can't stop the guy. Look, at guys, well, I think what we forget is this Miami team was a 500 basketball team that really barely barely got into the playoffs and then got ran through a good streak. This Denver team was a top team in the NBA all year long. This is a very good team. They weren't over-publicized by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a good, maybe great team. At some point, you know, the odds catch up to you. Miami isn't as good as Denver, period, end of story. And I think this series is going to show that. And they're going to show it very quickly, that they, the Denver is simply a better team with more weapons than Miami can defend against. Yeah, Denver's stacked. Stacked. They have they great. They have a great they team. They defend. They got you know. They got a basically an all NBA point guard. They basically have the MVP of the league in, in Jokic. Yeah, Porter and Gordon are really good players. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope has got some experience. He's won a championship. He knows what he's doing. Like they're and Michael's a Michael Malone's a great coach. They're they're stacked, and they're it would take it would be an upset of epic proportion proportions. For anybody to beat them, I think they've been the best team in the league for. I agree. That's why I, I don't think time. Miami has any chance whatsoever. Oh, no chance to win the series. What a chance where they we can get it to a to a six but, game. But 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 Jimmy Jimmy Butler disappeared for three quarters last night. Jimmy Butler has to be more involved. You think he's hurt? He does. Oh, I think he's uh, I, I don't. It's gas. Yeah, I think he's tired. Yeah. 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 He's been carrying a heavy load for 
a month and a half. Yeah. yeah, I don't think nobody's going to diss Butler's perf- Butler as a no, play, no. person or as a performer. No, no, but last night he was. But I mean, he's he, not he, enough, John. But no, but he. But even last if he night, played, he was, even if he, he was, is great, he was turning down shots. So what? Well, no, you, <laughs> you got to shoot. Didn't have anything but else? No, but that's kind they of have Butler. Time. Butler maybe wins them games. Maybe Butler's great performance can win them a game. But it's nobody else on that team that's going to win them a game. I don't think. So now, I'll be interested to see if they get Hero back because he's a, a really good shooter and might loosen up some defense. But I don't. Again, yeah, we're talking whether they can win Game Three or not because if they don't, they're not going back to Denver except for the parade. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And um, and what we will watch then in the subsequent years is whether Denver is a is a good team long term. I kind of thought Milwaukee would be a good team long term. And and they stubbed their toe and fired, wound up firing their coach. You know, I, I guess I was wrong yeah. about Milwaukee. Oh, well, no. Milwaukee still Milwaukee is still a really really good basketball team. They got some contract issues they work on this summer. They got some ratings they got to deal with. I know. They were uh, the Heat made every shot in an entire series against them, or else they win that one, mm-hmm. and maybe they get back to the finals again. But I think Denver's built for a very long term run. As I agree with you. Well, as I, I, like legitimate contenders. I mean, really, yeah. you, you have to ask the question is why this year? And I assume it's just back to injuries, right? Because Jamal Murray yeah. had, was, yeah. was hurt. And, 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 and isn't, this, isn't this a league, I think more than any other league in professional sports in North America, that is based on health? And it sounds yeah. silly oh. to say, but I mean, you know. Not look really, at because you got five guys that you rely on. You know, you don't well, have a team the, of 22 or whatever. One guy gets hurt in the NBA. Yeah. That's a no, big that's deal. my point. I agree. Yeah. I, I totally yeah. agree with you, Bob. That's, that's why it's hard to create dynasties, right? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Except the Golden State did. Mostly because they stayed healthy. Yeah. And then, Look, the, then the moment Clay Thompson's hurt, boom. Right? And then, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your point's yeah. well taken about Jamal Murray. The guy, he had a 50-point game in the bubble. And then basically had to miss, I mean, he missed all that time with the ACL. And him coming back this year is huge. You look at the way he plays with Jokic. He can beat you every which way. He takes the ball to the, offensively, he takes the ball to the goal. He can shoot the mid-range. He's good from deep. His pick and roll with Jokic, you can't take everything away. Both of those guys are too smart. I mean, there are times when, you know, people are all over Jokic and not letting him get the ball. He's like... Okay, you know, you tell kids when they're playing, set a screen, you'll get open. He goes and sets a screen for Murray. All of a sudden, Murray's got an easy shot, or they, the, the alarm bells go off, and he gets the ball to Jokic, and now it's lights out. So give uh, as great as Jokic is, Jamal Murray has been terrific and is a great compliment to him in that system. I think everybody agrees. I mean, Murray has a chance to become a truly great NBA player you know, mentioned in the category of, you know, top five, top 10 player in the NBA. I don't think he's there yet, but he's right on the cusp of it. And in a very short period of time, if he continues to play the way he has been, that's what we'll think about. We'll think about a truly great player. Agree? Yeah, 100%. Totally. I don't know. totally. I, I think he's probably got all NBA team material and skill set, no question. Um, yeah. He lost a year and a half to the knee. This year, you could just as easily put him on a third-team guard in the All-NBA as you did anybody else. He yeah. didn't because he just didn't for some reason, whatever. But I could certainly see next year him being you know, All-NBA, being talk, you know, an All-Star. He's never been an All-Star yet. 
Like that's, you know, that's next year. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's coming. Well, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming because he's back to health. Yeah. And him and Jokic are locked up for long-term contract wise. They put great pieces around them. They seem to have a, I don't know, I hate this word. They seem to have a culture where it is generally all for one and one for all. There's not, and it comes from Murray and Jokic not being selfish stars. And I do think there is something to said about the way the Nuggets play. And it's sustainable because I agree. You can put you find the right people. You can put anybody in those other roles <laughs> because everybody's a good NBA player. Actually, not, I, 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 I couldn't help but I, I couldn't help but think about Jokic uh, when you guys were talking about co- they don't listen to coaches. How many times did you see last night, particularly in the second half when they were trying to get back into playing form, that it was Jokic with the whiteboard? It, he was the guy talking to his the other four guys on the court saying guys this is what we got to do and then mike malone would come in later now that's smart coaching let the players play and the players manage the situation and then i'll just come in and put the punctuation mark at the end right paul those are the best teams john when the players police the locker room hold each other accountable uh, because when it comes from your peers (laughs) there's nothing like it whether it be praise success uh you know accountability for failures um, you know, that's, Hey, Michael, you look at that coaching staff, Michael Malone, son of a coach, David Adelman, son of a coach, uh, Ryan Saunders, son of a coach. Mm. And, you know, the other main guy is Popeye Jones, who was, you know, a pretty good player himself. And, you know, we, you guys, we go back to the start of the start of the, the podcast here. Sometimes when you're a middle level player and you got to grind, that's what makes you a coach. You understand stuff, you know, magic. Well, and, sure, you, you have to listen yeah. and you have to do, right? Exactly, exactly. If you're a, the, pre, the premise is if you're a Steve Nash, if you're a star player, you just did what you did. Exactly. Nobody magic would look at those guys. It. Magic would look at those guys and say, why can't you see that? No, I can't see that. You're exactly. magic. That's why you see it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's funny, it's funny that the, the two coaches in the finals, none of them played a game professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not too surprising, really. Uh, Spinny, you and I both uh, think it's uh, four or five, I guess, for Denver. Uh, what about uh, what about you two? At the bottom of the screen, five, maybe, maybe six, if Miami gets lucky and Denver goes out one night in Miami. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's five games. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it going past six. And I think we're all in the same boat. We got to get out of here. Time is our enemy. Thank you, boys. Have a good all one. Right, we'll talk soon. Talking on the road, Jones and Doug Smith will come back at, after this message. When was the last time everyone agreed on what's for dinner? You want Chinese food, they want pizza, and someone is always craving froyo. Well, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with our default contactless delivery setting. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BOBCAST23. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BOBCAST23. Don't forget, that's code BOBCAST23 for 25% off of your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. And we are back. Our thanks to Jones and Smith for uh, being with us.
Uh, it won't be the last basketball segment we do uh, this year, but it'll be the last one maybe on the NBA season because I think this is going to be over by uh, by next week, to tell you the truth. So I'd be shocked be, if it goes longer. So over, over by Friday, I think that's the game four. Is that game four? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So they they like to they like to string it out for a long period of time. Like two days oh, off know. between games one and two, two games between three and four. And anyway, so I think it's Friday or Saturday. So it's So we've got uh we've got a Stanley Cup final game coming up. Finally. finally. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Um it's... you want to talk about that? Do you have a uh, sure no, I, I, where that goes? You know, I, I I have been talking to lots of people all all week long about where things are going, and and I, I like you, I am fully ensconced in the position that the Golden Knights are the better team. Um, they're a deeper team. They have a better defense. You know, they don't have the same goaltending, but I don't think well, they, they might need have. It. No, they no. Bobrovsky's a better goalie, Bob. Well, I, I, he's a more experienced goaltender. No, he's more, better goalie. He's a maybe. Goalie. Has he played better? Yes. Yes. I think so. Well, yes. I don't, I'm not sure about that. No, but Hill's been great. I, I'm not discount. I don't want to discount Aiden Hill. He's, he's exactly. Done, he's done his job to you know to to the nth degree. It's fantastic. But I'm getting a lot of people pushing back at me that Florida might win this darn thing again because there 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 really is a a Cinderella effect and and Matthew Kachuk and Aaron Ekblad and Sam Bennett and the way this team likes to play the game might be might be built for a Stanley Cup final a, phys- a very physical Stanley Cup final we're we're going to see a lot of emotion we're going to see a lot of after whistle stuff it's it it is going to be fun to watch i'm not sure how many people are going to watch it bob but early on it is going to be fun to watch as both of these teams try to set the tone well, I think it'll be. It, it has a chance to be a long series, and a chance to be a, comp- a highly competitive series. Yeah, I'll, I will give you that. And I, I agree with you. I think, I, I think there will be a lot of confrontation on the ice. I would not be surprised to see a bunch of fights in the series. Well, I, I don't know about fights because I think people people don't fight anymore in hockey. Maybe. But I, I do think there's going to be a lot of uh, gloves and faces and a lot of uh, yeah stuff after the exactly. whistle. And the other thing tomorrow is our our our, our friend Mr. Bettman will have his uh, state of the league press conference, and maybe we'll hear a little bit more about the Ottawa ownership. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more of what's going to happen in Arizona. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more about what's going the future of Joel Quenville, amongst other things. Well, I don't I don't you'll hear anything with Quenville. They haven't had a meeting yet, have they? No, not yet. But uh, Gary will Gary Gary at this press conference. Gary likes to drop hints, and you really have to listen closely. Because Gary likes right, the he, he likes the sparring of this press conference. He he enjoys it. Well, we'll see. My guess is he won't say much of anything that's that's notable. They're going to play in Arizona too. And, well, for one and, more and, year. And there's not he's not going to announce anything with Arizona. He loves Arizona. He wants to keep the team there. He will still be trying to keep the team there. Period. End of story. Are you sure? I'm not so sure anymore. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But okay. I don't think I am. Historically, I'm 100% right. We got to get out of here. Say goodbye, John. Goodbye, John. We'll see you on Monday. Take care, everybody.